The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Naked Pine. Naked Pine. M I P. With Masamela Matsumal. Mark Thompson. Naked Pine. Get woke. Folks, we're happy to have back here with us on Make It Plain. We've not talked in some time. Everything has been so busy. And and obviously, we're doing an abbreviated broadcast now in the form of podcast. So we don't do three hours a day. Um, So everyone's our normal regulars are kind of spaced out now. Um, But he and Media Matters have been... Um, stalwart partners, I would even say, of this broadcast, Make It Plain, for a number of years, maybe even at least a decade. That's how time flies. Um, But we're happy to have Media Matters back today, and we're happy to have the president of Media Media Matters with us, Angelo Carasone. Angelo, welcome back, buddy. How have you been? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, Things have gotten no less crazy since the the last time we talked, maybe even crazier. Let me ask you this, Trump Town Hall. Well, no, you know, I was gonna ask another one, because your media matters, because everybody's been tweeting about it. What are your thoughts about NBC deciding to give Trump not just equal time, but competing time with Joe Biden. I mean, the boycott NBC hashtag has gone viral from a media critique. What what do you think about that? I think that the issue is, um, you know, anytime an outlet is enabling, you know, them to sort of break norms, um, I think it's worth criticism and concern. So yeah, I think them doing a town hall would have been fine. uh, But, you know, the circumstances are that it was on a debate night. And it was on a debate night that he backed out of because the commission changed the rules for medical and health reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the other thing about this is that they did the town hall in person, which frankly probably shouldn't have been doing. I mean, there was a reason why the commission, you know, insisted on uh, uh, on doing a virtual town hall instead of uh, an in-person one at this point in time because of some of the risks and some of the concerns about uh, whether or not he could still be infectious. Um, you know, and I think, you know, as and so one from a medical misinformation perspective, I have a problem with doing it because the reason that it happened was that he backed out of doing a virtual debate. Um, 
So I, I think that's the narrowest lane for, for it. I think what they should have done if they wanted to do it was do it earlier um, or a different day. And, uh, and I, cause I think that should be the punishment for blowing up a town hall. And I think at minimum, if they were going to do it, what they should have done was make it virtual because all they've basically done and whether or not the town hall was great and the questions were good, doesn't matter what they have done. And this is my biggest concern and critique is that they validated a very important piece of misinformation that he pushes, which is that it's safe to get together. Yeah. And if they want to do the town hall, do it, but make it virtual. Yeah. And watch him and let's say, because then at least you can expose him as a total hypocrite. But all that they've really done is point out that it was okay for him to be doing the debate in person. And, and to me, that is, I, I'm not as henny penny about it as others. And uh, I think if they're going to make the criticism, I think sh it should be somewhat sound. Um, and to me, that I think is their biggest concern about it. And I know what we all know what's going on there. It is about, they, it's probably going to have better ratings than the Biden one. And it is about, uh, it's about those ratings and, and those commercials. And, and they knew what they were getting. Yeah, but as we've always discussed, you overrule an ethical line in media when you're just trying to do the profit thing. Um, and, and even in terms of objectivity, to me, don't you almost um, chip your hand when you reward one who, um, didn't want to participate in the debate by putting him on. Everything you said is true, the, yep. the medical contradiction, but you put him on at the precise same time as the one who was willing to participate in the debate and remain above board. I mean, the reason there's a commission is so that both people there, there's some level of fairness. And of course, Trump blew that up in the first debate too. Yep. But how how is it fair and objective to say, okay, well, we're going to put this guy on who was an former employee of ours <laughs> to compete with the other guy? I mean, honestly, Angelo, I, I've what I've been seeing on Twitter, people are like really upset about this. They should be. They should be. And I and I think that you know one thing that this, is, this has been happening since Trump started running for office. You know, the, the press has done more to hurt the institution of press in many ways, the way that they've reacted to the attacks. You know, the second that Donald Trump during the campaign in 16 banned the Des Moines Register from appearing at any of his events, which is what happened. Mm -hmm. Every single news outlet should have said, we're not coming. You don't ban a news outlet from showing up. But they didn't do that. And then what happened is that problem continued to get worse as uh, as time went on, where he was then singling out outlets um, uh, and refusing to let them participate in press briefings. Um, and none, none of them stood up. Instead, they did interviews, right? They, they leveraged that. And that's that is how the institution has to protect itself. And one of the things that they've done is that they've leveraged some of his attacks on the institution to advantage their own self-interest. Um, mm. And that's, and that is partly, and that is very much what's playing out with NBC here. They, sh they really shift the commission. Um, and yeah, I think ultimately what they did is say that, you know, they, they rewarded him. Uh, he got to have the largest slice of the pie that night, you know, for basically quitting a debate. I, and never mind that all the right wing said for months, including Trump, was that Biden wasn't going to debate, that he couldn't do it, that he was going to back away. Right. Like, so put even, even putting aside that narrative um, and probably the deserve some comeuppance were deserved there. The reality is that they enabled some really bad behavior. And yeah. um, uh, and I don't I think 
the process that went into that, I don't think is unique here. I think it exposes something much, much deeper and more broken. Right. And, and even if it wasn't in a partisan vein, it speaks to something else we've talked about over the years. This, this need to promote and enable the crazy, the, the rubbernecking car accident, the, um, um, uh, if it bleeds, it leads. And let's face it, you know, we, four years ago, we had to acknowledge, and some of them did publicly, okay, Trump is going to be good in terms of coverage because everybody's going to want to see what he's doing. So, um, you know, it, it's, I was, I guess, somewhat glad to see the debate as, you know, we saw this summer around the George Floyd video. At some point, people were having a conversation. At what point is this not appropriate to keep showing on a loop? You know, after a while, you got to, and people got that, you know, there was some debate and people got to say, you know what, you're right. We, we're showing this too much. Uh, but a, a, a tragedy is a tragedy. And Trump is a walking, living, breathing tragedy. tragedy. And one thing, you know, the Media Matters has discussed extensively, his response to QAnon at that town hall, Angelo, was clinical. I don't know what they are. I don't think about it. But I do know they they're against pedophilia. I mean, so, yeah, you do know them and you have bought into one of their conspiracy theories, which has nothing to do really with ridding the world of pedophilia. I mean, they're real organizations and people who do that. Yes, there are. But nobody on earth has ever implied that QAnon was one of them. They're only concerned about the pedophilia that Hillary Clinton's involved in, which she isn't. So that was really a, I mean, if, the, if, the, if he were on the couch, Angelo, they would have extended the patient appointment. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, people, you know, because it is such a, it seems so far, it seems so ridiculous, but you know, the QAnon people believe that the reason that all these Democrats, reporters, the media and parts of the government are these child traffickers is not just because they're sexual sadists, but they say that they're interdimensional demons or psychic vampires. So QAnon says they're eating these children. They're feeding off their energy, that they torment them to harvest energy because they could, they're demons or vampires, um, psychic vampires. And, you know, there's some debate in the Q community, but, you know, Trump has retweeted and promoted QAnon accounts more than 250 times in the past few years. 150 of those have happened since April, um, just in just since the since the debate, the criticism since I mean, since the, the event last night, he took to Twitter late last night, promoted a bunch of prominent QAnon accounts, did it again this morning. He knows what he's doing. It's just like back in 15 and 16 when he would tweet those white genocide people. Occasionally, he would use the hashtag. He would because he would, he's rallying a, a the most diehard part of his base right now. Because QAnon does have you know, a pretty, they have a track record of violence. I mean, you know, a QAnon advocate took over the Hoover Dam in 2018 um, and had a, an armed standoff with law enforcement because they were trying to get the Department of Justice to release um, an Inspector General's report that they said was going to expose all of these deep state traffickers. Um, hmm. I mean, and that's just one instance. There's tons of them. So he knows what he's doing. And there's no doubt about that. And I, I actually think partly believes it. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, <laughs> he he does. Um, the Proud Boys amplification that he's been involved in. I mean, all of that. Uh, I guess, obviously, he's trying to 
be sure that they're all, well, he said, standing by. <laughs> they are. Well, oh, yeah. You know. Um, okay. The New York Post. Now, I, I rarely give credit to Twitter, but they decided not to allow people to post that story about Hunter Biden. Yep. Um, what's your, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, um, I will say that they, you know, the, this is an example of, you know, when we think about the tech platforms and everything, it's like, what are the rules? How do they detect violations of the rules? And then how do they enforce them? And the truth is, you know, Twitter, um, amongst other platforms, actually put the, that policy in place a couple of years ago about how they were going to handle hacked material. They just haven't had an opportunity to really enforce it. And in this case, you know, they're walking it back a little bit, a little. I mean, they've clarified this. So you still can't promote the story. But I think that's what you should do, which is that if there's hacked material, especially when it's close to the election, mm -hmm. you know, it shouldn't necessarily be just rawly distributed. And I think, you know, what so I think broadly, I think it's a good thing. Um, now, I think there are real concerns about that if it's oversensitized. So, you know, if something is leaked or Hacked is a strong word, um, but you know sometimes there are whistleblowers that then go through to through news reports and then they get filtered. You know there's some degree of sensitivity there, and there's verification involved. Obviously, the post isn't verifying anything. The article is garbage. It's it's complete. It doesn't make any sense. It's actually it's filled with holes and innuendo, and it's pretty clear that if the material wasn't hacked, um, it was stolen. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's not an unfair policy to have when it when we've already been you know, under assault. And I think the one thing that I would say is it, it, it raises a lot of concerns for me. I have so much angst about any of these kinds of moments where we do these very broad restrictions on the ability to, to distribute information, because I always worry that it always is going to hit the most seemingly unpopular opinions, which is oftentimes social justice advocates and yeah. people that are pushing for real change. And it's easy to crack down on them. And I, I saw it two years ago on Facebook, the single biggest purge that they did on Facebook before this latest thing was against a whole bunch of uh, Facebook communities that used to do police monitoring that would post videos and reports about, and I mean, they, they purged them all. And because, they, you know, and, and no one defended it, right? There wasn't this major, major outcry because it's, you know, it was considered too sensitive, right? To, to sort of target the police that way, but they weren't attacking them. They were holding them accountable. Um, so I always worry about that. But I, I also have to think about the re reality that we, we are in a weird version of, an inf of a war. It's just information war. We were attacked in 16 from a foreign intelligence service. Um, it does have an effect. We don't really have strong antibodies in our society to deal with um, disinformation and misinformation. We just don't. And we have a really loud right-wing echo chamber that's, that's happy to grease the wheels. So I think it can help blunt a story, or at least even if it doesn't blunt it, what it tells people that could be to, could be susceptible to it is this. There's something weird about this. So even if they become aware of it, at least they're, they realize that it's kind of tainted or toxic or there's something around it. Um, but overall, I, I think, you know, it, it, the right wing is playing games here. They obviously did, you know, it doesn't prove or demonstrate any wrongdoing. I think if it did, I'd feel differently because sometimes the ends can justify the means for this kind of stuff, right? And if there was really something explosive there, I, I think, and it was at a different outlet, I don't know, I might feel differently about it, but this is obviously garbage and it was stolen or hacked. Um, 
And there's more, which I think is the other thing to keep in mind here. This isn't a one-off. There's actually a series of these releases that are about to happen. Um, so there's something fishy going on. And uh, yeah, so I, it's tough. Um, so Giuliani, again, is involved in this. One would think that his past involvement might, you know, encourage people not to deal with him. So I guess he's marketing himself now as an October surprise expert. Um, I, I think, though, you know, when the public has been through this once before, they are going to be a little bit more skeptical. OK, look at you guys. Last minute desperation. Hail Mary um, on Hunter Biden, who isn't even running for office. That's right. And I think your reference to Giuliani is really important, too, because the one of the things to keep in mind here is that the the specific substance of this latest revelation this report was actually intended to to validate or resurrect an attack that Rudy Giuliani had promoted a couple of years ago which is um basically that Biden got involved to not just you know at the behest of his son to sort of help this executive um now it's none of it is true um and there are so many problems with the story but the thing to keep in mind is when Giuliani was there doing it one of the things that he did was actually work with a Ukrainian official uh, to push this Biden smear um, and that our own U.S. government says are active Russian agents. So he essentially was you know, this entire thing that the, the same story was was a, a narrative that was fed to Giuliani that he used as sourcing and promoted and worked with um, that from active Russian agents. And I'm not somebody that's always like, oh, Russia's everywhere. But it's like. If you're partnering with somebody that our own government is saying is an active Russian agent, and there's plenty of research and support for that, and this story comes out and it's essentially the same story, uh, yeah, I think we should be careful about that. I, I do. Um, you know, I don't see people crying when we get rid of sock puppet accounts, right, that are tied to, to foreign governments. People think that's acceptable. No one thinks that's a suppression of free speech um, because they realize there's something inauthentic about it. And I think the trouble with disinformation fundamentally is that is to recognize that it's that, you know, I think we have a, in our, this reflex of all speech is good speech. And I understand that, but that's not true, actually. Not all speech is good speech. Um, there's hate speech, there's harmful speech. Um, and there's also disinformation, which is inauthentic. Um, and it's not protected in the same way, and it shouldn't be. And I think, you know, that that's what gives me a little bit of comfort. I think that gets lost in a lot of the big parts of this, but I try to stay laser focused on, on whether or not it is, it is actually inauthentic. And in this case it is. And I think there should be robust efforts to stop that from, from being harmful. So New York Post is Rupert Murdoch. Yep. You replied to a tweet from the Daily Beast that was quoting him, quoting him as saying how disgusted he is around Trump's COVID response. But all of this, these other crazy things, not just the New York Post story, but what we have seen Fox News do for months when it comes to Corona, that's Rupert Murdoch, too. Yes, it is. And um, I think that I believe and I, I think that there will be a, a real serious repercussion for, for him and his and, and Lackland over this. I think that when you look at the data and the research on it, there are thousands of instances of COVID misinformation, the pushing of fake cures pushing it, de denying the validity of masks. There are people that were actually harmed. Um, when you start to dig into it, there were, you know, what everyone forgets is very early on, especially in New York, um, when lockdowns started happening, Fox was pushing the idea 
that this was a Democrats and the media trying to hurt Trump, they were telling people to take vacations, um, to book trips immediately, to, to get on cruises, to get on planes that week. And people did it. And there were actually people that died that actually said, wow, I need to do this. You know, I watched Fox. They told me to do this and they got sick. They, they infected others. And the thing that was so nuts about that is that while Fox was telling everyone to do that publicly, Rupert Murdoch was canceling his birthday party, was quarantining. So while his own network was telling everybody that was bullshit, that they should do whatever they want, that they should actually get out there, he had actually imposed for himself very rigorous protections for his own welfare. And I think this, just like with the phone hacking scandal, that the second there was the tiniest bit of discovery, one phone hack turned into thousands because you were able to get a peek in there. I think what you'll find are internal communications in any discovery process that would show real serious wrongdoing on their part, solely designed for, for political purposes, right? Why would they lie about it? Because that, that was prevailing political line at the time. Um, but their own behavior really, I think, puts, a, puts it in there. And I, I, I think when you really dig in, you'll find there are harms. And you know, the New York Attorney General, you know, she doesn't mess around. There are other states that were harmed by this. You know, it's, it's against the law to disrupt the supply chain for medicines during an emergency. Um, they, they created a run on hydroxychloroquine uh, in April that really disrupted the supply chain um, in New York. They, they messed with studies. They had people appealing to pharmacists, to their doctors, to the governor. Um, they had to put the medication in lockdown. People that had lupus and, and actually do need it were having difficulty getting it. When you start to unpackage this, it, it, is, it is really serious. And they really created a lot of harms, truly. But you mentioned that they may either be harmed or, or held accountable about this. How so? How, how could this really come back to get them? They've gotten away with so much, Angelo. I think loss, lawsuits, litigation. Um, mm. And, um, you know, there was one bogus you know, lawsuit, very flimsy, that's, that popped up in C, you know, out, out in Washington. It was an organization that sued them, but it wasn't a person. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've been doing a little bit just to, one, you know, we, we spent a lot of time in the spring analyzing the legal landscape um, and trying to get a sense of like, well, what's the cause of action? Where, where, what, is their, what is their liability and the risk? The truth is there are people that are, were actually harmed from this, um, that took what Fox was saying to heart and acted in ways that ended up getting them sick or others around them sick. Um, the, the supply chain was disrupted in, in a clear way and any investigation will, will prove it because of, they were the only ones promoting hydroxychloroquine even before Trump was. Um, and then they went one step further and actually were targeting New York state officials in a way that Trump didn't. They were actually specifically doing advocacy work. Um, and then third, there were other, there, they, you know, others individually were harmed. Um, uh, that's a little further removed, but you know, there's a reason that they set up a, a billion dollar fund um, and there's a reason why Rupert Murdoch launched a, a small war room in April to try to disrupt us, um, because I think that he realized that, that there was real risk in, in, in liability. And I think that's there. And I would say, if you haven't seen the reporting on this yet, you know, one thing that happened after James Murdoch left is um, he put together a plan to take over the family trust. Um, once Rupert Murdoch passes away or, or relinquishes his, his shares to the trust back, they get distributed and he would be able to outvote Lackland for control of the company. He's already formed a partnership with his sister. Um, so, mm -hmm. and he's, he's been very public about that. Um, so there's, there's this other thing sort of hanging in the, uh, in, in the wings, which is, um, 
you know, an internal fight over control of the company long term and, and a lawsuit would would have a significant effect on on the timeline for that. Mm, that is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, that's very, very interesting. Um, meanwhile, um, Eric Bowling is going to do some more Corona propaganda via Sinclair Broadcasting. And, and the fact of the matter is what some may not realize, a lot of local stations that people watch every day and rely on still primarily for their news, especially an older generation, and Sinclair controls a lot of those stations, right? 193. They're yeah. in 100 markets. And in some markets, thankfully that deal with Tribune didn't go through, but in some markets, Sinclair owns two of the local stations. And there's a few where they own three. Um, so they own ABC, CBS, you know, uh, and uh, sometimes and NBC. It's, it is, they really have an enormous amount of, of influence at the, um, uh, because people don't, don't assume it's Fox, right? So you, know, you, you look up at the logo at CBS, what you don't realize is that it's actually, uh, it's actually Sinclair, that they, get to, that they really control the programming. And that's, um, it, it's insidious. It is, a, it is a real concern, both you know, in this instance, but I also worry about it from, a, from an election perspective. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to use, see how Sinclair could be used to sow chaos or concern about the validity of the election. By, by starting to push a bunch of bogus James O'Keefe videos about ballots being stolen or, you know, to target some local elected officials. Um, so it is a, it is always a, a real risk, truly. Um, and, you know, they tried this over the summer uh, with, with bowling where he tried to push that, that video about how Anthony Fauci created coronavirus. Um, Sinclair initially stood by the report before they aired it um, and then eventually pulled it before, right before broadcast. But they were going to run a full segment that said Anthony Fauci created coronavirus in cahoots with Bill Gates. Um, Bill Gates created it so that he can in inject everybody with a vaccine with nanobots. And uh, what, was it, what, what was in it for Anthony Fauci was billions of dollars. They said that he created coronavirus so that he could extract billions of dollars because he had made investments. None, none of it was true. Um, that's what they were going to broadcast. And this is back in April. When we really needed, when it was, when there was still that initial flurry of panic and confusion, and he provided some voice of clarity, um, they were going to just totally mar him at, at every level. And uh, thankfully, they didn't run it, but but they're they're at it again. So, to the extent there's activism around the Fox News Channel, there's almost a need, or there is a need, for local activism. Yeah. around some of these baby fox Sinclair stations, right? It's true. It's true. Um, no, the one thing that, uh, and it does make a difference actually, um, because it's local. So the, the you know, the, it's unlike Fox, where almost all the staff are basically in a, in a mindset, you know, um, it, yeah. it's not the case with Sinclair. You know, a lot of it is they gobble up these stations that were owned by smaller companies and they, the talent's there for a while. Um, so it, the on-air talent is oftentimes being forced to do these things and they slowly cycle out, but they're not, there's a lot of them are real journalists and real reporters who are, and you know, the bulk of what they do is mostly fine. It's just Sinclair picks their battles really well. Um, so when there's pressure, they fight back. Um, sometimes station managers refuse to air must runs. You know, when they hired that Boris Epstein guy, who's that campaign person from, from yeah. Trump to run these must run segments before the news breaks, there were station managers because of feedback that they were getting from their own viewers that were refusing to run these must run segments, um, that they were resisting it. So 
there is there is a, a lot of value in people even just reaching out to the local Sinclair stations when they when they see something they don't that that's a concern and and pushing back on it because it empowers the employees and one tool and a resource if you don't know what your local Sinclair station is is you can go to findsinclair.com put in your zip code and it'll tell you where or what your local Sinclair or Sinclair stations are it's a really easy way to find it out if you don't know findsinclair.com folks you definitely to take advantage of that. But most of all, as always, take advantage of mediamatters.org so you can get uh, the real deal on what's going on with media and a lot about what we're being misled by. Please do. Always a pleasure to have our friend, the president of Media Matters, Angelo Carasone, on Make It Plain with us. Thanks as always, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, man. Take care. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.